Ready. Hey. Just in the middle of the field, 45, 50. Green grass in front of him, leaving Lions in his way. I am Jeff Joniak. Blitz is on. Down he goes. Brisker. What was it like playing for Coach Dicka? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions like that. 61 yards. Ooh. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. Now, Bears Etc. Brought to you by Miller Lite with the voices of the Bears, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Welcome in, everybody, to episode 56 of the Bears Etc. podcast with Super Bowl winning Bears guard Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, and we have a very special guest today, and we're always brought to you by Miller Lite. Uh, the guy was outstanding. He was a personality from the moment he stepped into Hallis Hall, but he was a damn good offensive lineman. Uh, 76 starts for the Bears, a three-time consecutive pro bowler. You can also hear him on the Greenlight podcast with his brother Chris. He has done CBS television sports. He's done a lot of stuff here in the last few years. And he's a new dad. Please welcome Kyle Long to the podcast, the former Bears offensive lineman. How you feeling, buddy? What's going on, boys? I'm feeling great. And, uh, you know, just you know, a slight amendment there. It's, you know, I'm a two-time girl dad now. I've got a okay. newborn, almost two weeks old now. And then I've got the uh, I've got the oldest who's nearly two, and she looks like she's five. So people are saying, why is the five-year-old not able to speak uh, full English yet? Well, that's because the five-year-old's two. Uh, how are you guys doing, man? I'm so excited to be here and, and talk to you guys and talk bears, talk life. Uh, as as people may not know, we're all, we're all old friends here, so this is great to catch up. We sure are. You know, Kyle, uh, Jeff talked about your three-time pro baller being uh, offensive lineman for the Bears. But in all my time around the NFL football, I don't think I've ever seen a more gifted player on the offensive line side of the ball in terms of intelligence, strength, speed, athleticism, and just the gifts you are given. So when I say that about you, and then you think back about your career, is there anything that you would have done differently about either your commitment or any of those types of questions? Well, I really appreciate those things you just said there, Tom. And uh, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable as I did as a young player if it weren't for guys like you being around the Bears and the Bears giving guys like you opportunities to be in our ears. Because you mentioned intelligence. It's not something I'm really familiar with, but I got to be rubbing elbows with guys like you and my IQ started to raise a little bit, um, if only for as it presented on Sundays on film. But uh yeah, I would say my regrets, the things I would want to change, positions, uh, you know, maintenance. I loved playing guard. It was a lot of fun. But uh, as you know, some guys, their style of play uh, isn't isn't really conducive to sustainability. And there were some things that I did really well that uh, I got away with that led to really me not following the rules as it pertained to uh, technique. And at times it got me in tough situations physically, I, I use the example of we were playing in New England in uh, preseason. We had just finished a big week of joint practice. I, I it was the week I was uh, really in the in the in the forge as it pertained to my new contract that I was working on. I wanted to get that thing done before the season started. Uh, I wanted an extension uh, after my first few years, and we went to New England. And I sat down on a I went one two down set on a shade. And he came back across my body and I kept one, you know, I liked, I, I used to like rodeoing guys where I put one hand on their V via their neck and put my left hand 
down in my hip like I was had a pistol or something or I put it behind my back just to be like I'm, I got one hand on you that, and that's it um well this guy was pretty damn strong and I tried to rodeo uh and we were you know as I said we were working on the contract so I wanted to show off a bit and I got him blocked but I heard a naval rope snap in my shoulder yeah. when he went across uh he went a little bit too far and I had my left hand on him and my left hand went across my body and I felt it pop and you can see it on film. I switched to my right hand immediately. And then I put my left hand behind my back. And you can always tell Tom when a guy has a labrum because they're trying to put something back after it happens. Like you can see him pressing their knuckles on their hip to try to get that shoulder to get back to where it was. So that's, uh, you know, long story short, my technique was bad at times as a result of some of these gifts that you're talking about. And it got me in trouble physically. And uh, when enough fires start to burn, you don't have enough firemen to put them out. And then, by year eight, nine, I was just, I was ready to go home, man. I was ready to go home. And that's really my biggest regret is not paying attention to the technique. I had Harry, he stand at the end. He was, uh, you know, he was like Ross Al Ghul in the Batman universe. He taught these, he taught these villains and, and heroes to fight. Uh, that's, you know, you look around the league, Zach Martin, Quentin Nelson, names that you're familiar with, they were Harry Heastan guys. Um, and even dudes that weren't supposed to have a shot in the public's perception that are still on rosters. I look at Sam Mustafer, who's made a really good career out of working hard and being a technician. Um, at the beginning of my career, I had Aaron Cromer, who, who told me, let your freak flag fly. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And Tom, you know me. That's all I need to hear. I'm like, let's go, baby. Fire, load the cannons up. Uh, we're going to war. And at the end, it was a different view on the position for me. I wish I, I would have maybe had Harry in like college and then moved on to Cromer in the pros. Well, all right. So I want to talk about another gift. And there's not a lot of people that have this gift. So I had a brother-in-law that played 11 years in the NFL while I was playing for the Bears. So I had a go-to guy for questions and answers that are in the same business. So you have a Hall of Fame dad and you have a brother that was playing at an extremely high level on the defensive line. Was it beneficial to have your brother Chris playing while you were playing to have um, kind of a sounding board or somebody to bounce questions off of or concerns in, in those terms? You know, it's funny. Chris and I's relationship and my dad and I's relationship are so different. Um, obviously, we're very close and we're all friends, but there's always that chance that the Eagles come to town for the wild card. But there's always a chance that um, Chris maybe has a friend on the the old Redskins or the Commanders or somebody that I'm going to be playing against. And you just never know with these defensive linemen. Um, <laughs> if, if they're your dad, uh, you know, my dad did a great job of – he would send me bullet points, 96, two-step up under, watch third down and long spin inside, uh, be aware when his hand is here – He's coming for the ET. Don't fall for it. You know what I mean? You know, whatever it is. Yeah, he right. has a list and he's got numbers. He doesn't know anybody's name. And I don't think he ever has really, Tom. Uh, but he he knows who they are. He knows what they are. And he would send me their the list every week. And I'll be honest, it saved me a lot of iPad time. Because one thing I didn't like to do was watch the iPad. Because the iPad is essentially you're watching a highlight reel of these defensive linemen. Um, you and I both know what are the cut-ups that these offensive line coach make. They make blitz cut-ups. They make sack cut-ups. They make pressure cut-ups. And they make, they don't make good block cut-ups unless it's in the run game. You know, the pass stuff that you see is 
people getting beat. So I don't want to watch that. What I want to know is what they're going to do. And then on Sunday, after I've practiced it against what I consider to be the best group in the Chicago Bears front seven, I get to unleash it on some poor bastard on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, and he's going to look at me like, you know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I kind of do. <laughs> but Chris, But Chris... Chris was very helpful, uh, but he was also guarded because he understood that there was always a chance that I could, you know, play him. And if we were playing him, we didn't talk. I mean, it was Cold right. War. It right. was the Cold War. Uh, it could be a month out. If we were even projected to play them, it was show me what you got on tape. That's how we'll communicate your last three games. Game day snacking calls for good foods. Chunky guacamole made with Haas avocados, tomatoes, onions, cilantro, and a squeeze of lime juice. It's the perfect snack to watch while the Bears win. Score some today at your local grocery store. Game day is guac day with Kyle Long, Jeff, and Tom here on the Bears Etc. podcast. Thrilled to hear you talk football. First of all, you were a gifted speaker when you got to the Bears. And uh, it must be a long, literally a long family tradition to be able to to put a phrase together and make it sing. Uh, is this right up your alley now that you are moving into a new career and a new life uh, as a dad? We'll talk about that more in in, uh, in a moment. But the ability to just express yourself in a fun way and yet a serious way when it comes to talking. We done, You and I did many feature interviews on TV, and uh, it was always deep. There was nothing like no, no patty caking going on. Uh, is this right up your alley, Kyle? I just think it comes it comes naturally, and it's something that I've been blessed with is the ability to to speak. And sometimes it's got me in trouble. When I was younger, my dad used to say, "Less is more," um, and you know, my teachers uh, on their report cards would say, "Talks a lot," you know, like. Uh, so you know, I dealt with that as a kid, and my mom and my dad. So I don't want to bash my dad here because he listens to this stuff, and he always says, "You know, I heard you were bashing the old man today," and I'm like, "You know, you're you're a good guy to beat up because I know you can take it." But my mom and my dad always said, "Find something that you love, and uh, you'll you'll never have to work a day in your life." And for me, even when I was playing, and you guys can attest to this, and you already have, I spent a lot of time in the media tent. I, even when I wasn't being interviewed, I liked hanging out with you guys. Um, I grew up around people in the media. I considered a lot of guys and gals aunts and uncles in this business. And uh, for me, being able to just hang out and talk is awesome. I don't bring notes on Sunday. Uh, we were outdoors for the Vegas coverage of CBS uh, two weeks ago now, and uh, outside the Bellagio and it gets gusty in Vegas. And I, you know, I didn't know people on the set didn't know. And we were working with some folks and their notes went blowing away and everybody looked like, you know, the lights went out at the stadium. And I was like, are we going to talk football or what? Are we going to go or what? Like you got, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so for me, this is an opportunity to be myself. And the only thing is I run long sometimes. Hey, that's okay. That's in, that's all in the name. Kyle Long, Running Long. Yes, yes. Yeah, could be the title of a new book. You never know. Hey, <laughs> uh, two-time two -time girl dad, which is what I am, and mine now are, uh, you know, about to to get out of grad school and in their mid-20s. Wow. So, you know, life is life is different. I loved being a girl dad, uh, and you're going to enjoy every second of it. Plus, you got those protective instincts as an offensive lineman uh, to help them through their way. But what's it like? I know I read an article a couple of years ago, and you uh, – when you retired for a second time and you said you're going to be a stay at home dad now, but uh, you're not just that obviously, but what, what's it like 
in the early stages of your life of being a dad? It is uh it is more fun than i could have ever imagined i used to have this dread of like you know my life will be over when i have kids because you hear all these horror stories about uh how they just become you know these kids they become uh dictators right and you get two of them in your house you get three of them in your house and then you get war and then you get your house is a war zone well i haven't experienced that you know my my wife kate is uh as as amazing a, a human as I've ever seen, as it pertains to just really, truly enjoying being a mom. And uh, I offer my assistance and there's only so much I can do, particularly with this newborn. I was just saying like, if men were responsible for breastfeeding or for making milk, like there would be far less people on the earth or giving birth for that matter. There would be far less people on this earth. And I've got two girls now and having brothers, uh, I didn't know girls growing up. I knew my mom and my mom, as you guys have met, she's one of the coolest, like raddest humans in the world. So uh, it's tough to measure people up against that. But I got a great one at home and my wife and our two daughters are amazing. They're so much fun. My oldest is at the age where I could chase her around, snatch her up and chuck her on the couch. And she is just, you know, head over heels for that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of fun at our house and with the newborn, it's been fun to watch the older one, you know, pet her head and rub her feet, uh, which is nice. <laughs> you know, Kyle, a, a couple months ago, I heard you on the radio and I was so impressed that I sent you a message going, man, congratulations. It's some of the best radio that I've heard in years. Um, but let's talk about the pressure difference. Cause you, we, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us as football players. When you talk about staying healthy, being competitive, maintaining your job, going through new contracts. Now you have the pressure of uh, supporting and supplying life to two uh, little girls plus your wife. How, how are you different in terms of um, applying those pressures? It's amazing how our brains actually change. Uh, and you know, I've done some research here and I'm not crazy though my suspicions are correct. Like I felt as if during the first year of my first daughter's life, it was, man, I can really feel myself changing and the way I look at things and the way I respond to things. Um, and with the second one, even more so, right. Uh, you're now going into man to man coverage and things are different. And the, the pressure when I played was, uh, the fear of failure, right. The things that yeah. get on to get in the stadium in my nightmares, now my nightmares are, uh, you know, I left that game, um, but I don't have to worry about getting hurt. I don't have to worry about team meetings. I don't have to, you know what I do? I set an alarm to be up for breakfast and I can wake my daughter up and we go from there. It's just like, we're going to draw it in the dirt as we go. Um, and that's the amazing thing about this. And it gives you purpose at home and uh, a lot of laughs. Well, the, the What about the alarm? See, as a player, and you talk about that apprehensive sleep that you have, I don't know if I ever used an alarm because I was always worried about oversleeping. But is there a difference in the alarm of a playing alarm and a parent alarm? Yeah, you uh, – man, I guess you have the mental alarm of you're, you're going to – you're going to miss being up for your daughter. And then you have the alarm that you physically set on your iPhone. And then the third alarm is the fear of, of, of mama bear. You know what I mean? 
being in the doghouse in that regard. Like, you overslept. Our kids slept till nine. Now the nap schedule is pushed off a little bit. Now we're all in trouble. Um, that's my, those are my three fears in the morning. Those are things that get me up. Kyle Long, our guest here on the Bears Etc. podcast. For all your journeys ahead, go with a partner who's been on your team from the beginning. The one members and communities have trusted for over 85 years. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, always standing by you, with you, for you, through it all. Kyle Long, our guest, working through his life and his time in Chicago. Uh, I'll tell you, man, uh, as Tom indicated earlier, just having the, the type of uh, God-given size and gifts that you had um, and not everybody walking the planet uh, can bring that to the table. Then you got to refine them, of course, and work at them, and, and which you did, uh, and then hope to God you stay healthy, which that was a challenge from time to time. Um, after your career, did you concern yourself at all about what's my body going to feel like when I'm 65? Like now, you don't think of it as a player, but do you think about it, you know, moving forward? When you finally get out of the trenches, the only question you ask is, how long do I have before my medical coverage runs out and I can't get these surgeries? Because right now, I feel good enough to be a civilian. You know, your first few weeks, right, Tom? You're like, yeah. I'm free. I, the last place I want to be is a training room, rehabbing my shoulder or my elbow or getting my knee or my hip replaced, uh, you know, which guys are doing now. Um at this age uh, are so, they really kyle are they doing it yeah now? William, william hayes a defensive end that i blocked uh who was a teammates with my brother he was in a wheelchair for a couple of weeks because he got his hip replaced like last week two weeks ago so i mean this stuff is it's it's wow. real but the technology is so great that a hip replacement's good news for a guy that really needs it now that's great news and that it's covered but you know the bad news is that we're not covered uh in full for a lot of things right now right. The, um, the umbrella that my wife and i and my kids are under is bulletproof i gotta say i take my cap off to the cba and the nfl and for all that the pa for for making that right but you got to make it longer because because there's guys out there who can't afford the treatments that they're getting and things pop up later in life that seem to be incurable unless you have the ability to have that medical coverage and take a look around the other professional leagues and they've got it and, and they've got the bulletproof stuff. One of my, you know, I call him a godfather. One of my godfathers played in the NBA for a very long time, Frank Burkowski. Um, you know, he's not Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley. He's not on TV every, uh, you know, every night of the week, but he told me what they get a year and it kind of pissed me off. Um, because I know how much money the NFL brings in and, you know, I watch the bears and I watch the chiefs every Sunday. Uh, I'm no stranger to the, to the value of this league. And I think that we need to not be stranger to the fact that the players are, are the pawns out there every Sunday. So, Let's take care of them. Hey, Kyle, when you went from the Bears to the Chiefs, did you bring a lot of material with you mentally and physically from the Bears? Or was there a reinvention of um, you from going from one team to another? Because I did the same at the end. I went from the Chicago Bears, where we are a run-style offense, to the Miami Dolphins, that it was a Dan Marino, Don Shula-led offense. So there's a lot of differences to my transition what about yours that's such a that's such a great question tom and you know i'll shift it a little bit i'll say i took that first coaching staff with aaron cromer uh and i took those teachings and i kept those with me throughout 
much to the dismay of some of my offensive line coaches, uh, you know, Dave Magazoo, may God rest his soul. He was a good man. And him and I had our days where we butted heads, but I loved him. Uh, and a lot of it stemmed from the fact that I took the teachings from the beginning with me. Boom, boom, boom. And when I got to uh, take that year off during the COVID year and just sit back, I was like, well, if I'm going to go back and do this thing, I got to just take what I know but also be willing to learn because when you go to a place like Kansas city, where it ended up being, you're learning from Andy heck and you're learning from Andy Reed. And, um, it was a, it was a great experience to go to Andy heck's individual periods every day and say, man, if I ever coach, I need to take some of this stuff. Cause you and I both know there's, there's certain drills that stand the test of time. And if you can just pay attention long enough, uh, as a player and catch your wind and get your water. You can learn some stuff as it pertains to being a player, but moving forward as a coach. Um, and yeah, I got to help Trey Smith every day, who is now a two-time Super Bowl champion. Creed Humphrey was a draft pick as well the year that I was there. So these players, I became buddies with Joe Tooney, Nick Allegretti. These are my homies. Uh, and you know me, it doesn't take long for me to to make pen pals. And I became tight with this group really quickly. And I got to impart a little bit of wisdom on Trey Smith, but he's one of those bulls that you just say, everybody get back and just watch this guy go. Uh, Creed Humphrey was out of the box, ready to go. Um, I, you know, you could see all pro in his future from day one. Kyle, what have you seen uh, from the Bears offensive line in particular, uh, the work of our Darnell Wright after a rookie season? And what, uh, what do you see in his future? I just think, you know, he's he was such a home run for the Bears uh, taking that pick. He was a, a no-doubt blue-chip prospect, in my opinion. And, you know, I was just talking about Trey Smith. I asked Trey Smith about Darnell Wright. He said, that's the guy you got to get. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, that's the future of the position right there. So the Bears get him, and they've got that position locked up. I love him in the run game. I think on the backside, B-blocks, he is dominant in the deuces. He can be as road grader-ish a player as you can imagine. He could take the down guy and the second-level defender in one fell swoop. In the past game, he's shown me a lot of really good things, and he's battled against a lot of really good players. Um, in this division, obviously, you're going to play – uh, different types of rushers that present all different different types of lethal moves. Um, and I thought his battle against Aiden Hutchinson was, or his battles against Aiden Hutchinson were really impressive. And if he can just stay square, I, I don't know anybody who really is going to run through him, run by him, run around him. Uh, he just needs to continue to finish plays and he'll be in, as they say, he'll be in Hawaii in no time. You know, when you saw Creed Humphreys out of the box and you said he you saw from the very beginning that he was going to be a, um, a first year, first play go to guy. I think the Bears are kind of searching for that same type of guy. What were the things that you looked at in his qualities that said, look, man, this guy's going to be ready to go week one? He wasn't messing around uh, like Trey. I could corner him and talk to him about what he was missing in the same way that you would pull me aside when I was a young player and say, you got to get your right hand in here. Or like, what is that inside leg doing? I would be able to say the same thing to Trey. I would tell Creed the same thing. You didn't need to tell Creed twice. And if you did corner him and tell him twice, he might put his hands on you. Um, <laughs> you know, for me with Eddie Jackson, uh, Cody Whitehair moving on, it's the inevitability of everybody's career in football. 
And back in my younger days with the Bears, when Walter Payton stopped being a Chicago Bear and Matt Suey moved on and Gary Fensick and Otis Wilson and the guys that I had so much respect for in my football life, you had to come to the realization that was eventually going to happen to you. So I'm not surprised when it happens to guys now because there's a lot of times there's financial decisions that are a part of the players moving on. But I have all the respect in the world for Cody and Eddie Jackson, and I know they're going to be successful people in life because they showed traits of success in the locker room. And uh, it's just yeah. a lot of like a lot of the other people that I've come across in my football life. Travis Kelsey says you're either a drain or you're a fountain, and both those guys were drains or fountains for the Bears for a very long time. You know, both groups with which they played benefited greatly not only energy but knowledge of the game and then just big plays well, the first time i really talked to eddie jackson was a training camp in uh Bourbonnet back when uh, uh you know when men were men and uh <laughs> eddie's eddie i was like where'd you go to school and he kind of did the whole like you don't know where I went to school type deal. Like he was like, I went to Alabama, the Crimson Tide, like the best, you know, the best, blah, 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 blah. And then he hit me with, I think we could beat you guys. I think we were three and 13 or something the year before. He's like, I think we would have beat you guys. And anybody else in the world, I would have just walked away. But the way he said it, the conviction with which he said it to me, I was so pissed that I sat there and I had that conversation with him. And it got so animated that everybody in the locker room got involved with this conversation about whether the Alabama Crimson Tide could beat the Bears. Uh, if he's if he's not going to be playing football uh, forever, he can definitely be a salesman. I'll say that Eddie Jackson was an incredible football player. And uh, – yeah, man, it was good to see him. I saw him at House Hall about a month and a half ago. And those young corners, those young safeties, they really love him and they respect him because they grew up playing Madden with him as the safety. Game day snacking calls for good foods. Chunky guacamole made with Haas avocados, tomatoes, onions, cilantro, and a squeeze of lime juice. It's the perfect snack to watch while the Bears win. Score some today at your local grocery store because game day is guac day. Kyle, it's been a pleasure. Uh, before we let you go, where do you, this is like a, a friend of mine has a job interview, a young, young guy tomorrow. And he's, I say, they're going to ask you where, where you see yourself five years, where you see yourself in 10 years. Now you're a working man outside of the game of football in terms of the trenches. Where do you see yourself here? Hopefully still progressing in the same way. You know, I just, my wife and I talk about maybe a third, uh, but we're going to maybe wait a little bit, wait till both of these kids are running before that but in terms of work i'm definitely going to be over at the green light podcast every monday during football season i think i'm bound for life there because my older brother is my boss he also dictates my wages for the most part it's green light it's cbs on sundays which i have a blast doing they make me wear a suit so i have to go do dry cleaning i'll be doing dry cleaning for the next five years probably changing a lot of diapers and probably checking in with you guys because that's just how we roll, right? We're all in the media, yeah. which means we're all on the same team. Yes, we sure are. And, uh, you know, you're again, you're outstanding at it. I knew you would be. And uh, it, it must feel a little weird, though, you being the interviewer. So as you did with the offensive line, and I mean, is that comfortable for you? I hate asking questions. Like I would rather just hang it. Like if we just had a three box right here and it was just us yeah. three shooting the 
we could yep. do the, you know, we could do a show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and I, I just, as an O lineman, it's, uh, it's tough. But you know, especially a guard tackle, I never played center. I don't ask questions. I don't ask anything other than who am I blocking. So I'd rather be asked questions. Yeah, I got you. That's Tom's way as well. But Tom's become a, a a really good interviewer as well. He doesn't make people cry or anything, Kyle. But you know, he's he's got it in him. Anyway, we took a lot of your time. You got dad duty. You got this wife is duty. Great. But uh, please do it again. We'd love to have you and uh, break things down as the season rolls and the off season yeah, in particular. Hit me up, boys. Maybe after the draft we can talk. Sounds good, awesome. Kyle Long. Appreciate it. And that's gonna wrap us up. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, and for former Bears offensive lineman Kyle Long, thanks for listening. You can subscribe now on the Chicago Bears official app, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And certainly check out Kyle and his brother Chris on the Greenlight podcast as well, wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for us. Bear down, everybody.